Hello. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Or good afternoon for you, I suppose. Um, good. Let me just turn my headset. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Awesome. Great. This, cool. this sounds good. This is an upgrade from, from yeah. last time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So that was this whole thing. I, uh, that conversation with you was actually the first symptom of my phone just like kind of going wacko. And it turns out that I had one of the iPhone sevens that had been recalled and it was this whole thing. Yeah. So I ended up having to uh, replace my phone, but it was dropping calls. I couldn't get the signal and um, it just happened to happen for the first time while we were having our conversation. So (laughs) my apologies for that. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. No worries. Well, I hope that, yeah, that we don't get any weirdness because sometimes my internet, I live, I live in like a dead zone. Actually, it's like literally like in this, like there's like three or four houses. Yeah. Where like the internet's a little iffy and like the networks kind of suck. So I'm like, great. I'm so glad I'm in this dead zone. (laughs) (laughs) That's Yeah, that's so weird. I didn't know that there were those in cities anymore. Yeah. Hmm. It's like, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're back. It's sounding good. We're back. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> um, I thought we could start with a, a couple questions that I had, or just clarifications rather, that I wanted to make. I was actually listening through our first episode this morning. And uh, just a couple quick things I want to clarify. And then uh, mostly today, I want to dive into listener questions that we didn't get to in our first conversation. And there's some, there's some really good ones. There's some stuff that I think we completely covered, but I would be curious to hear if you had any additional thoughts. And then there's some really good questions that we didn't cover that I think will be really valuable. So, okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm having in mind. Do you have a, um, a timeline today? Nope. I left it pretty open. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you. Same as last time. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this has been really valuable stuff. I'm excited to get into it. Um awesome. Yeah, my first question was about the J curl and we talked about it pretty extensively, but something that was interesting that you said that I wish I'd asked a question about was that if you go too heavy with it, like you can go pretty heavy with the J curl and almost treat it like a training exercise, but if you go too heavy, it might inhibit your neurological ability to improve your flexibility. And I I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit more and maybe um, if you have any recommendations, like as far as numbers, you know, don't, don't go above a certain percentage of body weight or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, the J curl, like it, like you said, it can be used as a strength exercise. And I think especially for um, like competitive powerlifters, I've seen some really big powerlifters who will do very heavy J curls, and their goal is to improve that strength in a flexed spine. Um, so not necessarily for them, it's flexibility. So for us, we're like using this as a modality to improve both strength and flexibility. We do have to find kind of that sweet spot and in the beginning, I think it's really important just to stick with body weight so that you understand the movement first and that there's no hesitation in the movement because I think the second that you start to add external weight, there's probably thoughts in your mind of like, oh, I'm going to do something bad to my back. Mm. So we don't want any of those things in our mind when we're really doing 
um, a movement kind of like complex like this. Um, and then like, I would say like literally like over like months, uh, and even years, you know, you can really start to add quite a bit of weight that will lead you to even bigger gains in flexibility and strength. And, you know, unfortunately, like, I don't know if there's really like a percentage. Um, I've heard some people talk about, so Ido Portel, like he was kind of the first person who introduced me to the J crawl, like 10 years ago, I think. And he said, you know, to try to work up to 50% body weight. Okay. Um, so like, I think that would probably be like the gold standard in terms of like, oh, you have decent spinal strength and it's enough to kind of get you flexible. But the caveat is, is that if you use a weight that is a little bit too heavy for your system, then you're not going to go as deep as you probably could if you just lightened up that weight a little bit. So hmm. some of it is just like progression, like go slow, like every couple of weeks, maybe add five pounds and just see how that changes. Um, and I, I think for those who deadlift a lot and who feel very confident in their spine could probably start off using, you know, 10, 15 pounds. And then um, over a couple months, you know, like you'll see probably you may might be able to double that in like just a couple months. Mm. Um, so how you feel that, like you'll just be able to, tell like if you go and body weight sometimes body weight for very tight people won't be enough external load to pull you into a new range but for folks like if if you're like oh i can like touch my toes in a regular j curl with no external weight and then i hold 10 pounds and now i can't actually reach my toes anymore then that's an indication that uh that weight is too heavy so interesting just back it off okay yeah Thank you. That's, yeah. that's super helpful. And yeah. yeah, for, uh, for context for listeners, because it's so tempting to, you know, want to do more always to be, to just to mm -hmm. have that feeling that you're making progress and to be adding weight. But for me, I think I started off with a four pound bar. It was like this weighted bar that they had at the gym. And I, I just used that. I think for, it was at least weeks and it might've been more than a month. And I think I was just adding like a five pound plate at a time to the bar. And, uh, I think I worked up to like an empty 45 pound weightlifting bar, but it was like six months, I think mm -hmm. to make that kind of progress. And, and I think I experienced exactly what you're talking about. I think there was a time when I kind of pushed it a little too far or, or went a little too heavy and it, I felt like the added tightness and yeah. couldn't relax at the bottom of the range as much. So that's really interesting to hear. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 No, that's perfect. I think that's a good way to maybe describe the feeling at the bottom of the J curl. Like you should be able to relax and breathe mm. and not feel like you're shaking or like holding back. Um, yeah. And another symptom could be like uh, that you're tighter actually the next day. Okay. Um, so that could be also just like a, a result of too, too heavy too soon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a question I had too. Like once someone advances with their weight a little bit, like let's say someone works up to getting to a point where they have like an empty Olympic lifting bar, like 45 pounds, would you still recommend uh, doing like a warm up, um, a warm up set at body weight or anything? Or, or is it okay to just jump right into whatever current weight that you're at? 
Yeah. Well, I really like the bodyweight J curl actually as kind of like the daily movement, like oh, your okay. daily medicine, you know? So like, it's a really nice check-in to see where your spine is that day as well. Um, but yeah, if you're like lifting heavy, so like I've been able to work up to a hundred pound J curl. Damn. Like I am not <laughs> starting with a hundred pounds. <laughs> you know? Okay. I am starting with like, uh, I generally like to start with the bar. So that's like a little less than 50%. Um, I feel very confident with the bar. So like maybe whatever weight that you've been working up to, maybe start with like 50% and then over maybe two to three sets, you start to increase that weight. Mm. Um, I generally do about five sets of like three reps. That's like my very standard J crawl okay. um, programming. Yeah. That's really good to know. I remember you saying that um, you recommended like a single set of 10, but I think 10, that was starting yeah. at just body weight. Yeah. Okay. So once you go heavier, maybe more sets, less reps yes. and building the yep. weight up each time. Yeah. Okay. Cause like, again, it's like kind of like we do want to treat it more like a strength and range move. Okay. Um, so sticking to more of the strength protocols. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for all that. That's incredibly helpful. Uh, I had another question from our last conversation about passive stretching and I've talked a little bit about Pavel Tatsulin on the show before. Um, specifically, you know, he's the guy, this Russian guy that brought the kettlebell over to the States, and he's really incredibly strong and is known for teaching people how to get strong. Uh, he's the founder of Strong First. But he can also do the side splits, like a full side splits, and he's really good at teaching people how to become more flexible. And one thing that I remember learning from a podcast with him that I, I was I was curious to get your thoughts on. He talks about during passive stretching, like let's say if I'm in a side split, like I'm standing up working on my side splits, he talks about making space and really, you know, not just sitting in one static position, but really like kind of wiggling your butt side to side, moving your hips around, really like exploring the space in those joints as part of that passive stretch. What are your thoughts on adding subtle movement like that to a stretch versus just hanging out in one static position? Yeah, I think that once you can comfortably sit in certain positions, so like the pancake, for example, like I think that the pancake is, sorry, my dog is going insane because there's a male, male man, <laughs> male person. Um, so like the pancake, it's really difficult for most people to move the pelvis around. And like, once you can kind of like get relaxed in that position, I think it is imperative to be able to move the pelvis, like especially posterior and anterior tilt. So you're just like moving your pelvis forward and back, forward and back. Um, because like that, that integration or like that, we tend to not separate the pelvis from the rest of our body we're just like somehow the pelvis gets stuck in these positions so i think like the, the creating space like what i'm thinking more about is like can we disassociate our hips from the rest of our leg and our torso and like i think that is probably very good especially for um transferring over to athletic movements hmm. um so i think that that is a great like next step like 
maybe some people can start to move their pelvis in in the side split. Like I couldn't for a while, like the pancake was really hard for me um, to move my pelvis around, even in the elevated position that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, now I feel like I can have some movement and start to like kind of create like circles and things like that. Um, Yeah. And actually Kit Lachlan, I don't know if you've heard of him. He, Mm -hmm. um, he's in Australia. Awesome. Like he, his whole thing is actually like how to get flexible as an adult. And he's definitely like one of my mentors who I've like learned a lot of this stuff from. And he has like a whole YouTube video on how to move the pelvis in, in the pancake position. So that might be a good one to, for people to watch. Mm, Okay. Yeah, Yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with his stuff. I'll link to, uh, I'll find that and I'll link to it in the show notes for people. Yeah. I guess this will be a follow-up. So yeah, Yeah, I'll put it somewhere. I'll put it in the, probably right there in the podcast app <laughs> a link to it but yeah okay um yeah kit kit laughlin is that right yeah okay yeah. cool all right so i've got some listener questions that i think we can dive into uh the first one's from aj and aj is a medical professional and he had some really good questions the first one i'll actually ask a, a couple of them since we covered part of this but um yeah i'd love to get your thoughts so he wrote what are the most important joints or movements for climbing athletes to have, quote, adequate mobility or flexibility? And is there an easy assessment that we can do at home that she advises or recommends to determine whether we have adequate flexibility uh, for people to check in with themselves? And what is adequate? Hey, friends. I hope you enjoyed that teaser of this week's follow-up. If you want full access to follow-ups, you can sign up for $5 a month on Patreon at patreon.com slash thenuggetclimbing, or you can go to thenuggetclimbing.com and click on the support the podcast button at the top. If you're on your smartphone, just tap those two little lines at the top of the page and you'll see the button in the drop-down menu. $5 per month gets you access to all follow-up calls, past and future. As long as you are a member, you'll have access to all of them. As you just heard in the teaser, I've been recording some follow-up conversations with past guests on the show to talk about what they've been up to lately and to go even further into the weeds on a specific topic than we typically would on the podcast. Follow-ups are 20 to 30 minutes in length, occasionally longer, and I will be releasing one every other week to make sure I always have plenty of podcast guests to follow up with. If you sign up for follow-up calls, what you are really doing is supporting the regular podcast and helping me continue to chase down interesting guests so I can pick their brains and bring you new nuggets every week. And by signing up on Patreon, you get some bonus content to look forward to as well. In addition to getting access to follow-ups, I will also let you know who's coming up on the show, and you can submit patron questions for upcoming guests, as you have undoubtedly heard in other episodes of the podcast. Five bucks per month. Think of it as buying me a beer at the local brewery after a long day of climbing. Whether or not you choose to sign up, Thank you for listening, and feel free to share the podcast with your friends or leave a rating on your listening app. It truly helps, and I appreciate you for tuning in. I am very grateful for you guys. Much love to you all. We'll see you next time. Move with the rhythm. Shake it up, stop